Welcome to the Consciousness Anywhere and Everywhere podcast. I am Shannon O'Hara and I invite you to a completely new world of possibilities. Welcome to the final interview in this money interview series. This is a really special treat by the godfather of money consciousness, Gary Douglas, my father. We're finishing with him because let's face it, I learned the most from him over the years about money. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you allow this different point of view to really revolutionize the direction of your life and the way in which you allow abundance to come into your life. Enjoy. Awesome. Welcome to this amazing money interview with the money master himself, Gary Douglas. Yeah, I'm weird. So I, uh, those of you guys that have watched any of the previous money interviews know that I am asking the people who have made an impact on the way that I think about money, my money awareness, and sort of like the way in which I relate to having wealth, finance, uh, and you are probably the person who has influenced me the most, obviously. I was thinking about the ratio of like what you've taught me about money and what I learned myself. And um, it's, I would say probably around 80 to 85% of what I currently function from know about money and uh, all my capacities financially came from learning stuff from you. Um, 20%, I think I figured out for myself. (laughs) So thank goodness you taught me, which is why I wanted to do these money interviews because there's such a lack of, I think, really applicable, practical stuff with money out there in the world. So can I jump in with my very first favorite question to kick off this conversation? Yeah. What is, what is money? Money is the lubrication you need in order to be able to move with your life. That's similar to something that Stephen Bowman said, um, But every single person I've talked to has had a slightly different, actually a very different point of view about money. So money is the lubrication you need for your life to work. Um, Do you want to explain that a little bit more? Well, it's like you look at money not as a result, not as the thing that's going to give you what you think you want. You don't look at money as the source of anything. You look at money as the lubrication. How can I make this slide in with ease? How can I make this slide in my life? So you start to create a different reality. I was just having, I would actually love to hear what you have to say about this. I was um, just having a very brief conversation, or I've been having this experience recently, um, choosing to fly privately versus flying commercially. And this is recently I've chosen to fly privately for the first time in my life. And depending on what route you go, the price of the flight can be anywhere from nine to about 35 times as expensive as if you flow commercially like business class. And I was sitting on the sofa this afternoon, just like weighing and balancing the price of doing this inner Euro flight, you know, and the price. And I was like, I can come up with a million reasons why I should and shouldn't do this, but I can't find any reason. Like, and it was so interesting. All I had was all these reasons for why I should or why I shouldn't. And I was sort of stuck in this yeah. reasoning well, about money. Yeah. What you have to be is in the question about money, not in the 
reasoning about it. But what I've learned is over time, I've gotten to the point where I don't do the reason, but I see a possibility. Like I was talking with somebody today and it's like, uh, we were talking about, we were doing this particular thing and we were buying a piece of property and the guy said, well, you, you know, it's like, why don't we just borrow the money from the bank and leave that money in the account so that we grow our, our, uh, uh, capital. And I said, no, I said, you got to realize that this thing is being bought and this other event, this other system will be the source for paying it off. So it's like, if we don't look at it from the point of view of what would pay it off, do we have any income with that particular project yet? He goes, oh, no, we don't. I said, yeah. So it's like, you cannot pay off a debt with money that you are not receiving. You have to pay off a debt with money that you have received. And I said, and we can you know, refinance it and take the money and put it back in the reserve, quote unquote, if we have money coming in to pay for it. But we got to create the money to pay for it. You have to create, you have to look at everything you invest in is, can it carry itself? Does it carry itself? And if so, how did we carry it? How do we carry itself? And it's like, how do we create something that allows this to be relevant based on how it pays for it? You know, I always look for how something is going to pay for itself. Never, how do I get the money? So how does that, how would I, how could I look at that with regarding the okay, so private flying? How is this going to pay for itself? Okay. Well, I can okay, see that it so, could pay for its. Okay. So let me give you a couple of ideas here. Okay. Yeah. So it's like when you fly private, how long do you have to wait in the airport? <clears throat> uh, it depends anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes, depending on how organized the immigration people are. Yeah. Okay. 10 to 20 minutes. When you get off the airport, how much off the airplane, how much time do you have to spend in the airport? In my experience, which is only three times, so I don't have a huge experience, the waiting time is none. You just literally get off the plane and then you're out of the airport. Yeah. So this is a very different place. It's like, how much is your time worth to you? Right. So it's like you. Right. You know, That's a great question. Yeah. You make money by having time available to do things that create money. And you make money by being more relaxed. And you make money by having greater ease. And that. those are all the real reasons for flying private. Right. And so when you bring that whole, you make money when you're more relaxed, you make money when you have more ease. Those are definitely things that are true for me. I am horrible at generating money under stress and necessity. That's really not my sweet spot. Money always comes when I'm happy. But do you realize that that's one of the things I tried to teach you early on is stress does not create money. Stress creates money going away. Yes. And you continue to teach me that because today I came to you about a, a project that I was working on in my business and it kept on just being like, hurdle after hurdle and you were like is this is this actually is this actually the problem that you're making it into and i realized that i was creating a stress because i thought the stress or the strain would somehow accomplish something 
where but, really all it was doing was accomplishing everyone being frustrated. <laughs> yes, and it's like, and when you create frustration, what are you actually creating? Frustration, nothing else. Frustration, exactly. It wouldn't create. It doesn't didn't move the project. It didn't make money. It didn't. So nothing. you taught you've taught me that all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory yeah. is an option for a creative way of doing things. And that's been a huge leap for me because making the choice to go from commercial travel to private travel, for whatever reason, that one's really, that one's a big challenge for me. The well, compounding I, of... I, I understand because that was a big challenge for me too. But what I noticed is, see, it's like I've been, for the last two years, I've been suffering from a physical condition that was not fun. And it's like, and it would exhaust me to go on a plane. You know, it's like I'd do a class or something, I'd get on a plane, I'd go home. And it's like, I'd be three days before I would be functional again. And it's like, and I blamed it on old age, I blamed it on all all kinds of things. But the reality is, I just wasn't going to be functional for three days if I did normal. So I took a private plane to Costa Rica and a private plane home from Costa Rica on a recent trip. And it's like, I arrived home and the next day, I still had energy, which I have not had for three days after any other event that I've been to. I went, okay, I need to look at how much this saves my body. That's a totally other thing to add. Instead of looking at what it costs, what I have to spend, which is yeah. actually what I was only looking at, there's also the what this saves, how much I save in ease, time, energy, health. Yeah. And it's like, and the thing is, we don't often consider our bodies as part mm-hmm. of, it's like, the only reason you need clothes is for your body. And the and only we'll, reason I need an airplane is for my body. Exactly. You know, and if we could just get to the place where we didn't need those things and we could do it another way, we choose that. So it's like, my point of view is that at this point in time, I have to look at what's going to save my body the most because I don't have the stamina I used to have. It was greater ease, you know, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't know how to turn this thing off. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. You know, it's fine. Okay. Everyone understands computer notifications these days. So, okay. So you answered this a little bit already in the beginning of the conversation when I asked you, what is money? Um, and I would like to ask again, like, what are some of the main things you see people doing around money that creates difficulty well they do it's like i don't have enough money to do this Mm -hmm. what question is that no question total statement it's a conclusion and it's like and the thing is that if you spend your life looking at what you know what it's going to take to get the money instead of what's it going to create if i spend this money it's like how if you saw your money as an expenditure for creation instead of a necessity of possibility, what difference could you have? And that's how I look at everything. If I spend this money, what's this going to create? And that just brings up into my awareness also, like how many different ways people think about money, but even observing all the different ways that I think about money, like all the reasons for why and why not that I was coming up with, 
Whereas what you just talked about was looking at what can I create with this money, which is again, a completely different point of view, a completely viable point of view about money, but just one of billions, if not trillions, different points of view that everybody has around money. Yeah. But see, it's like what I'm looking at is, what am I going to create with this money? How is this expenditure going to create? What's it going to create? And it's like, I noticed the first time I took a private plane that I didn't know what it was going to create, but I knew it was going to create something. What it created was a greater demand in everybody's world to have a bigger life. And in the point of creating a bigger life, the end result was everybody found different ways to create more money throughout the business. I'm going, how the hell is that working? Because it's not logical, it's not sensible, and it's not the way the world sees it. But if you never did anything by the way the world saw it, but did everything by the way you could create. And that's one of the golden keys you really gave me around money that I don't have to do it like other people. And what are the ways in which you actually do do it? So I capitalized on my way rather than devaluing my way in favor of somebody else's way. Yeah. And the thing is, when you do valuing your way in favor of somebody else's way, more often than not, you spend your life trying to figure out how yours is the right way mm. and they're the wrong way instead of looking at, okay, what's this going to create? And you got to realize that every choice you make creates something. What's it going to create? Okay. Brilliant. So a lot more choice around money and questioning rather than concluding what you can and cannot afford. Uh, I want to say, I want to add this one because this is a massive one that you taught me that I really had to like uh, uh, practice was um, not stating I can't afford this. Changing my statement of I can't afford this or it's too expensive to a question. What would it take to afford this? Is this something I truly desire? And if so, then what's it going to take for me to have that? You yeah. really taught me to... In- you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get what you want. Which is totally a possibility. But if you're coming to a conclusion that something's too expensive or you can't afford it, then that's also true. Yeah, exactly. So what are what were, what was a huge turning point for you with money? Uh, I think you've had many. So whichever one pops up for you first that you think is most valid here. Okay, well, it's like the huge turning point was when I realized that every time I asked for something, it would show up if I didn't put my attention on trying to get it. Interesting. You know, it's like it would show up and I go, like years ago, I saw the uh, Nichols rug, which is a particular kind of rug that they made during the 30s, an Art Deco rug that they made in China for export to the United States. And it didn't go anyplace else. And it was like literally just for the United States. And I loved the thing. I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And I go, oh, God, I want one of those. And at the time, they were $400 and I couldn't afford it. And I said, I can't afford this. Several years later, like 15, I found them for $700 and I could afford it. So I got them for, but I wasn't going, I can't afford that. I won't have that. I went, okay, 
someday I'll be able to afford this. I got there. And today they're like $3,000 and I still can afford them. So it's like, it's so, just yeah. what do I really want to live with? And that's a huge question. Um, if you could, oh, that's another thing that you taught. Oh, oh God, now I'm having this avalanche of all of like the completely liberating things you taught me about money. One of them was like going to what, your favorite store in town, whatever the price tag, or go on to your favorite. I mean, in this day and age, it's sort of like going on to your favorite, most expensive website and going with the point of view that you could have anything. And if you could have anything, what would you choose? Yeah. And really giving yourself the freedom to choose anything. And then really look at like what you actually desire. Do I really um, want in my life? Exactly. Um, and then another one you gave me was the question, um, what if money wasn't the issue? Yeah. It's like, that's so, a really important one. It's like, if money yeah. wasn't the issue, what would I choose? So if I do that in regards to flying privately, I would always choose, well, not always, but in this case, I would choose, exactly, which I think could be seen as sort of like disregarding or financially reckless. Um, It's so interesting how much I go. But it's only financially reckless if you actually have to, if you have to go in, if you have to go beyond savings, if you have to go into debt to create it. Right. And I don't. Yeah. Um, so, and one of the, the, when you taught me to ask if money wasn't the issue, what would I choose that? Oh my gosh, did that give me the freedom and the ability to actually see what I wanted to choose? Cause before yeah. I had no clarity because money was always dictating my choices. Yeah. And it was always based on, I can't afford this. So therefore I want it when in actuality mm-hmm. it didn't. What do you really want? What do you really want to have? You know, it's like I I worked at an antique shop where the people said, you can have anything that you, because you're so important to us and so helpful to us, we'll give you anything that we have in here at cost. And here's how you figure out what it costs. Because they had a code that they were using. It was great. Right. And I looked at it and I went, okay. This is costing, this is a $12,000 bed that I want to buy that's priced at $37,000. Do I really want it? Yes or no? And I would go, wow, no, I don't really want it. I thought I wanted it because it was something that was out of my price range. I thought, you know, it's like, but when I was a kid, it's like the girls who were out of my you know, out of my class were the, you know, that were quote unquote better than me were the ones that I thought I wanted to be with. And it was interesting to discover that when you realize that you could have any girl in the world, you didn't want nearly as many of them. And the same thing applies with furniture and jewelry and everything else. So if money wasn't the issue, what would you choose? Yeah. That really helped me get out of the distraction of money, which yeah, I, I see mean, is a very prevalent. Yeah. You know, it's like 
money is a distractor because you think that money is going to equal something. What is money going to equal? What is money going to give you? Ooh, there's so many things. There's so many things that that can equal and give you. Money can give you a divorce. Money can equal slavery. Money can equal private travel. Money can equal being murdered. Money can equal nothing. (laughs) Money can equal nothing. People liking you based on your money. Money can equal that. So what are, so I think, what are ways in which you're seeing, I mean, right now, when we're doing this interview is an interesting time financially in the world economy, because we are sort of living through. uh, Well, we're living through a type of great change because like one of the things the, the U S in particular is trying to do is to take us all to cryptocurrency instead of real currency. Well, not just the U.S. That's going on everywhere. I mean, in Sweden, where I reside, they already. I mean, when I still, when I when we moved here three years ago, two years ago, somewhere, they're already on the main street. All the shops weren't taking cash anymore. I mean, they still take cash in other places in town, but it's 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 turning towards you know no more cash in our cultures. Yeah, a lot of yes. places. And the reason they want to do that is then they can control the flows of money. They say that the reason they're doing it is to stop crime, which is not really true. Yeah. Crime will always go on because it's one of the fun things to do in life for some people. You know, being a criminal makes them, you know, more valuable. So it's like, you know, it's like, and there's a whole bunch of societies that are, um, that are poor you know, poor countries have to function on cash. They can't function on this cryptocurrency stuff. So I'm not sure how they're going to make the world choose to do cryptocurrency because that just makes no sense to me because the majority of the world runs on if you can pay for it, you can eat it. If you can't pay for it, you can't eat it. And I don't care what kind of card you've got. The card means nothing to me. The cash does. So it's like there's too much meaning still in cash. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. And it's interesting to sort of witness the evolution of meaning, the meaning of cash, which has no value, into something else that has no value, which is cryptocurrency. You know, fiat currency and cryptocurrency are equally as conceptual. Um I mean, yeah, when I ask the question, like, what is money? Like when I ask myself the question, what is money? It's just an idea. And so then I start stripping it back to, okay, so like, what is, what is the money actually accomplishing? And like what you say, it sort of like lubes your life. It's the grease that lets the life, your life flow. Um, But without cash or cryptocurrency or the, you know, domestic currencies that all countries use now, there would be other forms of trade among us. There'd be other ways in which our societies and cultures work. Yeah. So the one thing I see with cryptocurrency is it's basically an exchange rate that people have and they do an exchange. So it's like, what's going to happen is people will do more bartering. I'll trade you this for this. It's like the barter system will come back in. So we'll be going backwards economically, not forwards economically. That's interesting. That's an interesting postulate. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which wouldn't be actually good for me because I'm a horrible negotiator. I always have to have my husband negotiate. I really have to become a better negotiator. I. Oh, that's the reason you have a husband so he can negotiate. <laughs> I'm like the worst. <laughs> Whenever I buy a house, I'm like. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's like you and me, we just pay the price. That's right. That's right. But, but every people. time I ask. You can't pay that much. Okay, fine. Well, the interesting thing about money is whenever I ask, can I get a better price for this or what, what better price would you do? I, they're always, they always come back with a different price, which is another thing that you taught me about money, which is you have to just always ask for it. Yeah. And you ask, you it's, can't ask. it's incredible how when you ask for money or you ask for a better price, deal with money or it always, it, it does always show up. You have to ask for money. That's one of the keys to money. Yes. Ask and you shall receive. Whole different universe. Ask and you shall receive. That one. That's a pretty big one. That's a massive lesson. I think that that would, it's like, I, I, I was going to ask sort of, if we couldn't, okay, here. So yeah. So if we couldn't rely on money, I think I'm asking the question after you already gave the information. So if you, if we couldn't rely on money, if money was taken away tomorrow, because it very well could be, you know, it's not naturally occurring. It has to be artificially induced. Yes, if money is. went away tomorrow, yeah. what would people have left? Well, it's like, basically, the only thing people that have left is their own capacity to create. I love that. And that's the greatest gift you ever gave me was that's, the... Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you realize your greatest gift is the ability to create, it's like, what is possible that you haven't yet considered? What is possible that you haven't yet chosen? Chosen? What is possible that nobody told you you could actually choose? And that none of that relies on money. All of that relies on my ability to choose, to create, and to generate. Yep, exactly. Creation first, money follows creation first money after let's let's end on this note though remember that what you ask is what you will receive and if you if you ask not then you will not receive you don't ask you can't receive beautiful thank you hope you guys out there learned something i know this feels like maybe we're glossing over the top of extremely big things in all of your guys's worlds and these conversations and ideas are designed to create some sort of a question in your world and something that you could choose if you would choose so thank you for enjoying this money interview and what would it take for money to be thank what you what it can be for you guys thank you sweetheart bye guys Bye. And now I'm going to add a new feature to the podcast, which is my recommendations. So to conclude this money interview series, I'm going to give you some of my money recommendations. If you actually desire to have money change in your life, you're probably going to have to educate yourself. And so one of the resources that I love to recommend to people is a book called The Ascent of money. It'll be linked in the show notes. 
but it's also was made into a television series that you can watch on YouTube for free. And it's fabulous. Highly recommend, um, highly recommend reading or watching it multiple times. And when you run into something that is stated that you don't understand, go Google it, go have a conversation with someone about it. Like go educate yourself about all those parts and pieces, because frankly, a lot of people have a lot of charge and money can be such a huge thing in so many people's lives and they don't even really know what money is. So educating yourself about what money is, um, is essential. And I recommend the ascent of money. I also recommend all of the access consciousness books about money. So my father, who you just listened to, has authored several money books that will all be linked in the show notes. The one that is my go-to all-time favorite is called Right Riches for You. It was the turning point for me with money. It's full of practical stuff that if you institute it, will completely change the future of your life with money. So those of you guys out there looking for more ease, for money to flow into your life in magical, joyful, and possible ways, check out my dad's books, Right Riches for You, How to Become Money Workbook, But most of all, be honest with yourself about your points of view about money, because that is what determines how money shows up in your life. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this show. My target is to make consciousness easy to find and choose. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes and share this with somebody who you know who might be looking for more consciousness in their life. You can visit me on shannon-ohara.com or talktotheentities.com. And to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can visit accessconsciousness.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Mm